Hello there, I'm Susan Bradley and welcome to the Four Modern Mothers podcast, a podcast dedicated to mothers and mothers-to-be, here to help you navigate your own unique journey through modern motherhood. In each episode, there'll be insights and wisdom. We'll be covering everything from fertility and trying to conceive to pregnancy and birth and onwards through your life as a mother. Expect conversations around subjects and issues that will support, inspire, inform, and empower you. From health and well-being, to body image, self-care, mental health, birth, pregnancy, work-life balance, relationships, the whole lot. With my specially invited guests and experts, as well as sharing my own knowledge with you. Enjoy and don't forget to subscribe too. So welcome. Hello, this is episode one of the Four Modern Mothers podcast, and it is wonderful to have you here. I'm so delighted to have got this podcast off the ground. It's here to inform, to inspire, to support, and to empower all mothers and mothers-to-be. There'll be talks from me, Susan Bradley, and also conversations with brilliant experts who will be sharing their knowledge and their wisdom too. And I really can't wait to share it all with you. So where to begin? So as this podcast was birthed in a global coronavirus pandemic, it seemed right that the first episode would be about some of my thoughts, tips, strategies on how to cope better in a pandemic and how to navigate this difficult time, particularly when you're pregnant. Because I know that so many women in my pregnancy yoga classes, couples on my hypnobirthing and birth preparation courses, all have talked to me about this recently and over the past 10 months. And it's understandably a really hot topic of conversation. So first episode, I am going to be sharing with you in this podcast some of the things I think could be helpful in coping with all that's going on in the world right now to help you feel a little bit calmer, a little bit more positive too, I hope. Particular slant is on your pregnancy, but actually so many of those tips, these tips and techniques will work for anyone at all during these challenging times, not just pregnant women. And what's also great to know is that science gives us lots of insights into how we can prepare and support ourselves because pregnancy itself can be a tough time and an anxious time for many women. And that is really true right now, more than ever. So thinking of things that we can build into our lives, into our day that can improve our well-being, can be really helpful. So let's start. The first thing I think we need to acknowledge and recognize is that this is a tough time. You know, it's unprecedented and all that. I know we've heard that word a lot, but, you know, it is really true. And I think, first of all, really giving yourself the time to recognize how crappy this past 10 months has been and how this has affected your pregnancy and how different it is to non-COVID times. And to take some time to recognize how much this is yeah, basically shitty. And there is some grieving to come with this. 
it's not what we'd hoped our pregnancy would be like. It's not what we'd expected. And it's not with the people we thought we'd be sharing it with, the places we go, even your partner, perhaps not going with you to appointments and scans. All of those things have been different to how they would otherwise have been. And yes, of course, you could say there are bigger problems in the world, but that doesn't mean that your feelings aren't totally valid. So allowing yourself the time to to grieve and to mourn the pregnancy you thought you'd have, first of all, in order to be able to move forward more positively, I think is really important. You can genuinely feel a loss or a sense of grief too. And many women that I teach um, have talked about that and used those words, grief, loss, you know, feeling that it's being taken away from them. So I think acknowledging that and it can be a genuine mourning. So honoring what you're feeling and then trying to engage with practices maybe that allow you to be there with that sadness or anger or whatever it is that you feel, but not be destroyed by it. That can be what um, Dr. Mark Epstein, who's a psychiatrist, calls this rush to normal. So rushing back to normality without taking stock of actually what's happened to us. So you might need to take time to do some journaling, can be really helpful to meditate, just to recognize your frustration or sadness or whatever it is that you feel and give yourself some time and space to investigate and to process that. It could just be a sense that something is missing. But the rush to normality can mean that we try to deny things or that we pretend it's okay when actually it would be better to allow us to take some time to admit, to acknowledge that it's been crappy and hard and allow it to be what it is and then take some time to, you know, to nourish and nurture yourself, to engage in some practices that will help to support you. So once you've acknowledged and recognized what it is you're feeling, then taking some time to engage in practices to help to make you feel better can be really helpful. So looking at the basics, things like how much sleep you're getting, getting out for a walk, getting a little bit of exercise, moving can be really helpful too, staying hydrated, eating good food. Um, You know, if we end up not sleeping well, going to bed late, watching too much screens, eating loads of sugary, crappy stuff. You know, it only takes us into a cycle where we just feel kind of even worse and bad for eating the crappy stuff. So that can help affect how we're doing. So thinking overall about your physical health, but also your mental health too. So, you know, taking some exercise, getting out for a walk, moving your body um, for half an hour a day, there's evidence that can be as effective at reducing symptoms of depression as some depression medications. So we know that exercise has really positive mental health benefits as well as physical health benefits too. So that's really important to bear in mind. Getting moving, getting some some exercise and obviously sleep trying not to um, watch the news late at night on our phones, staying up late, obsessively watching COVID statistics. And that just kind of provokes worry and anxiety and also can disrupt your sleep patterns too. So we know for every hour you miss of sleep, um, you significantly jump up your potential 
to increase things like anxiety and depression. So getting extra sleep if you can, maybe going to bed earlier, which this time of year is January as I'm recording this. So instinctively winter months, hunkering down, going to bed early, low lighting in the evening, candles can all be a really good way to start winding down for bed. Um, having a milky drink before bed or, or some chamomile tea, things like that can just help you to wind down your day, calming down the body and just setting yourself up as much as possible for the best night's sleep. And taking naps in the day, if that helps too, if you're on maternity leave or if you're working from home and maybe your lunch hour could be a combination of a little nap and some food, then then take that opportunity while you've got it. Maybe there's extra time because you're not commuting. If you are working from home, that you could have an extra some time in bed, um, taking some extra rest, that can be really helpful. I, tips to get to sleep can be good too. Having a little wind down, a little evening routine can be nice. Maybe a little breathing practice before bed or a meditation. I always recommend the women who are on my hypnobirthing and birth preparation courses listen to their MP3 relaxations before bed, and that can be really helpful. Or a, a yoga nidra or a guided relaxation can help you fall asleep. So I always give people those kind of options um, to listen to, and I think they're really helpful. Yoga nidra in particular is great to do in the daytime as well if you want to take some time to rest, even if you don't actually fall asleep. Um, it's a really good way to restore and to replenish yourself, which can be really important right now and especially in pregnancy too. I think also recognizing that um, there is light at the end of the tunnel. So harnessing the hope. We have vaccines, we have a number of them already, and we know they have a high efficacy and they are being distributed and people are getting those in this country and this will not last forever and I think we are moving forward and I think that's just important to recognize um, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Something else that can be helpful I think for people is practice of gratitude so I talk about this a lot. I talk about this with people on my hypnobirthing courses, and I talked about this in many of my classes actually this week, pregnancy yoga classes and my mum and baby yoga classes as well, because, you know, there is a lot right now, a lot that's pretty crappy and a lot to complain about if you like. And we might think that griping and complaining about it with others is a good strategy to get through. And it can feel good. I will definitely acknowledge that. Um, it's hard not to do that, I know. Um, but actually, the scientific research shows us that people um, complaining and moaning is actually an opportunity lost to bond with other people. And if we shared gratitude with others, this is actually a really positive opportunity that we have. So... That simply means basically, you know, practice of gratitude, practice of hopefulness, practice of counting your blessings, basically finding the joy in your life. And it is harder. It can be harder to recognize that stuff right now. I know as I record this, the COVID figures are still going up and that's tough when you're seeing that on the news every day. But even in the midst of all this crappy stuff, there are good things. So maybe 
it's something that you haven't got to commute into work. Maybe you've been furloughed even. Maybe you've won some more time back, if you like, in your life. And you could really value that extra time. And that could be something to be grateful for. Maybe this situation gives you more time to be present in your pregnancy, more time to connect with your baby growing inside you. So it could be something as well, you know, outside of your pregnancy. It can be really simple things, grateful for a beautiful sunny day, beautiful for the birds singing outside, seeing some snowdrops in the garden that I noticed yesterday for clean sheets on the bed. Just really simple things, good things um, that you can acknowledge and recognize because there's a load of really good positive science continuing and research to come out about gratitude and the benefit that has. So gratitude has been shown to increase our well-being. Something as simple as thinking of, listing, writing down, if you like, um, three to five things every day. This simple practice can make really big positive changes. So in as little as two weeks, if you do this on a daily basis, you can show significant improvements in your life satisfaction. So research has shown this. And I mean, that's really big, isn't it? Something that takes a few minutes a day, costs nothing, um, and can have a significant improvement on your life satisfaction, which is brilliant. <laughs> and in addition, gratitude has all this other components and benefits too, because it's what we call, gratitude is what we call a pro-social emotion. And that means that when you feel grateful, you can also feel good and that you want to give something back. So it gives you an internal motivation to do nice stuff for other people. So people who are grateful are more likely to reach out and have social connections. And having social connections, again, can help our well-being. And they're also more likely to do random acts of kindness. And they too, uh, research has shown, can boost our well-being. And it's also shown that people who show gratitude have increased willpower, like eating healthier foods, making better choices, because you already feel you've got a reward. You haven't got to reward yourself with the donut or whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with donuts, I hasten to add. Um, but you know what I mean. It can get into a, a kind of a spiral out of control sometimes that you want to change. So getting through these COVID times can really cause us to dig deep and have to have some willpower. And actually gratitude is a powerful way for our well-being and can help us to improve that. So that really is something that I think can be really effective and really simple. Writing down three to five things each day that you feel grateful for and acknowledging that. Something else that's related to gratitude is JOMO. So we've probably heard of FOMO. This is JOMO, the joy of missing out. Uh, we tend to notice stuff that's going badly. Yeah, we pick up on all this stuff. We have this natural negativity bias. And in fact, recent research from Yale University has shown us that even babies show a negativity bias from as little as three months old. It's inbuilt. It runs deep. And we have a fear of missing out. We have FOMO. Um, the things that we're not doing, we're really sad about, um, we worry about those. And that can be true right now. Um, people in my classes and courses tell me all the time there's things and people, of course, that they miss hugely. But we often forget that we could sometimes actually be benefited by taking things off our plate to get more joy. 
So the bias of our mind tells us that we need more new stuff. But actually, research says that taking stuff away, not adding it, can be super powerful. And the biggest effect is on what social scientists call time affluence. So the opposite of being time famished. And we know in modern life, we have this pressure that we've got so much to do and so little time. And we can often really feel time famished. So what these COVID times maybe have given us perhaps is, um, according to research, instead of being time famished, that you have more time available. And this could lead to actually greater well-being, could be a, a positive thing. It's reported that people um, who are time famished has as big a hit on your well-being as if you were unemployed. So it, it is a big thing, the pressure of feeling that everybody wants a piece of you and you've got so much that you should be doing. So actually, we could be you know, looking at this as a well-being benefit that we don't realize of missing out, JOMO, the joy of missing out. And yes, it can be really crappy having it forced upon us, but there can be some benefits of not feeling the pressure to, to have to do things. And also, once you've had your baby, I often talk to other, to women about this, of actually not having the pressure of lots of people rocking up all the time unannounced and not having to go out and do things when you just want to huddle up and hunker down at home with your baby. So there could be a joy of missing out in that too. So reframing, I think, is really helpful. That actually you're reframing that the missing out could have some positive aspects and that gives you a feeling of more time. I think too, avoiding constant news updates, it can be just there all the time, on the TV, on the radio, on your phone, um, and just turning off that constant news feed, especially in pregnancy. I say this in general anyway, but especially in these COVID times. Of course, staying up to date with the relevant guidelines. So the relevant guidelines for pregnant women, um, for babies, um, updates on that from the Royal College of Gynecologists and Obstetricians and from the Royal College of Midwives, yes, but not, you know, hourly, not checking all the time. I think take some of that off your plate. And some women in the classes this week were telling me they've not really watched the news for the last two weeks and they feel an awful lot better for it. And I think there's definitely a benefit in that. I also think speaking to your midwife it sounds obvious, but it, we can feel that they're so busy and time pressured and we don't want to bother them. But really, um, I know that women who said they've spoken to their midwife, they felt really overwhelmed. They felt worried about what's going to happen in labor or birth and who can be with them and have loads of questions. And they've not been asking their midwife. But once they did ask their midwife or their team, oh, their midwife's been, of course, you know, very accommodating and had that conversation. And it's made them feel an awful lot better. So speak with your midwife. Um that can really help for sure. Something else that, again, it's not pregnancy specific, but it's really relevant, I think, is something called time confetti. And time confetti is small fragments of time that you get, um, not big bits, but small bits kind of littered through your day. So actually, research has shown us that compared to um, five or 10 years ago, we actually have more free time. Um, but it's a more specific type of time. 
And these time confetti, these small fragments are floating around our day. So it might be when you're waiting for um, a Zoom meeting to start or your child falls asleep quickly um, and you've got a little pocket of time, a little window, or you've eaten your lunch and before you need to get back to work, you've got five or 10 minutes and you win that five or 10 minutes of time. What could you do with that time, small though it is, that could benefit you? And it doesn't feel like a lot, so we tend to waste it. We scroll through Twitter or we just scroll through some social media or we answer a work email and it's perhaps achieved something or perhaps it's just kind of wasted. But if you add all the little pockets together, then this could be a little pocket full of pops of goodness throughout your day. And then that time becomes more valuable to you. So rather than just mindlessly scrolling on Insta or Twitter or getting caught up in some scrolling news or answering that work email, doing something that makes you feel good in that small pocket of time. So you could make a little time confetti list if you want to remind you. It could be a breath practice. It could be a meditation. It could be that you text a friend. It could be when you do your gratitude list, something that makes you feel happier. It could be just five minutes outside listening to the birds. But it will make you feel happier and it will make you feel you've used your time well. So those little bits of time confetti work for you and not against you. And that can be a really great thing to do. Again, simple but effective um, of, of hanging on to that time and helping it work for you. Something else that I think is really important is social connection. And I know so many people are missing this. So connecting with others, if not physically, but socially can be hugely important, whether it's a phone call, whether it's a WhatsApp group, whether it's a Zoom call. We have to be mindful of what works for us and makes us feel happier, though, and not what drains us. So there are certain social events you engage in and afterwards you feel uplifted, energized, happier, in a better mood. And then there are others that make you feel depleted, exhausted, drain you. So pay attention to what social connection feels nutritious and good to you. Often this is what we feel afterwards, not what we think it will be. So putting some effort into the right social connections and then the after effects can be more powerful. So working out what feels right for you and what doesn't, and then trying to build knowingly more of those things into your day, your week that work for you. So I know that, for example, women, so many women actually, over these past 10 months have given me so much feedback from my online classes and said what a huge benefit that is, um, has been to them, uplifting them, connecting with other pregnant women, grouping together that otherwise they just wouldn't have had. And even though that's been on screen for the most part, it does still give you an oxytocin head. So even seeing other people and connecting with them through, through a screen um, does affect your hormone response and your um, nervous system response. And this makes a, a big difference, that connection. And we know that um, science has shown us that prenatal stress during the pandemic can be reduced and having a robust social support network is something that's critical to this, whether it's friends or family, whether it's connecting with other people through classes and courses, including through Zoom, FaceTime can be a true connector. So gathering together in an online group, an antenatal class, a yoga class um, is a really good way to achieve this as well as with family and friends too. 
building in and using relaxation techniques. So having really good ways to dial down the stress response in your pregnancy can be hugely beneficial. So guided relaxations, yoga nidra that I've mentioned, mindfulness techniques, as well as breathing practices, all can be super effective at doing this, as well as moving your body to ease out physically held grip tension that we can all, you know, feel. We tense up when we, you know, have this constant low level hum of of stress and unknown going on. So yoga can help you with all of these things, physically, the breathing, uh, meditation, mindfulness, you know, really important. So understanding those, building those in can really benefit you. Dial down the stress hormones, the cortisol, the adrenaline, coming back to something, um, calming and relaxing, resetting your nervous system through self-hypnosis, with the hypnobirthing relaxations, through the guided meditations, through the breath practices, really, really helpful. And just bringing yourself back into the moment. So when you notice your mind has kind of run away with you, or you feel you've got distracted in a loop, you're looping around this thought, this story, um, this worry, um, the what ifs. So we all, you know, our brain is kind of tuned and programmed to think of all the what ifs. It's a very normal response in these uncertain times. We as humans like to feel in control of things and look for answers and trying to predict what will happen to help us to feel safe. But if we end up focusing and getting in this loop excessively on these thoughts, it becomes unhelpful because you find yourself asking questions you don't have answers for that nobody does and then worrying what you can control and then you feel out of control. So coming back to yourself and what you can control, using your breathing as an anchor can be helpful, slowing down the rhythm of the breath um, to a calming, soothing pace can be really helpful as well, just being aware of your breathing, slowing it down. Also just simple grounding practices, just feeling as you're seated or as you're standing, feeling your body connected to the to the ground, to the floor, to the chair. If you're lying down to your bed, feel all the connection points of your body that it's supported and held. Feel the movement of the breath, just being in your body, feeling that short circuits, that loop, that worry, that thought looping around brings you back into your body in the moment. And that can be, again, a really simple but effective thing to do. I'm going to be sharing a little grounding exercise practice with you as one of my um, bonus podcast episodes really soon. So watch out for that. I think something else that can be really helpful is looking at what you can control. So a lack of control and information can make the stress and worry worse. And in times like this, it can be difficult to keep that worry and anxiety under control. But remembering, as I said, that anxiety is a normal response to what is your brain perceives as a threatening situation. So lots of people are feeling this way. But thinking about what you can control. So thinking about what your choices and options are, knowing that you can control your breath, knowing that you can control um, getting yourself informed about what your choices and options are in your pregnancy um, during COVID, what, um, what choices and options you have in labor and understanding that. So filling up with good information about your choices and options. So getting a really good antenatal course, really getting something that will help you, support you, make choices 
and understand what you can control in labour and birth, despite of COVID. And there is very little that has been taken off the table in actual fact. Um, And that's important to know. There is still so many choices and options open to you. But you've really got to understand those to know that you can make those choices and options. So taking a birth preparation and antenatal course, I would say, that is outside of the system, outside the NHS, will give you your full um, choice of options. It won't be limited or restricted to to what the usual pathways are that they like to provide. It will show you what is possible and the questions and choices you do have, the full range. And that's really important. So that means you can work with your birth, your care team, your midwife, your doctor, whoever you're working with, to make positive choices with them. But getting educated yourself um, can definitely make you feel more empowered and give you a sense of having more control. Um, so that's why I always say to people that my hypnobirthing birth preparation course can be so helpful because it will give you the knowledge and the techniques. Um, but a good antenatal preparation course will really help you feel feel more in control, understanding what you can, understanding what you can't. And my final point, my final thing to share is really to be kind to yourself. So be kind to yourself, knowing this is a difficult time. Many people, not just pregnant women, are feeling anxious, worried, and in pregnancy, you're expected to be happy. Oh, but you're having a baby. What are you worried about? You know, you should just be grateful for that. It's difficult time, so it's fine and normal to respond in this way, to feel distressed or worried at times, and don't beat yourself up for feeling these ways. These feelings aren't your fault. It's how our brains work, Um, but being kind to yourself, taking some time to do things that you enjoy, that help relax you, building in that time confetti, doing some calming breathing or some meditation, finding a, a yoga class to connect with others, calling a friend or family member, keeping in touch with people, all of these can really make a positive difference on your well-being. So taking some time, being kind and looking after yourself. So that's some of my thoughts, some of my top tips on what you can do to prepare for birth, to be more more calmer, more empowered, more a little bit more in control in your pregnancy during these difficult times and I just hope that's helpful. I just wanted to share some things that I've been sharing in my classes that people have told me is helpful and just backing it up with some, you know, this, a lot of these things that I'm talking about have some science and research behind them and to me that's really important because I'm a bit of a a geek when it comes to the science of of how your brain works and how birth works and, and all of that stuff. you for listening it's great to have you here and i really do appreciate your support too i hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you have then please don't forget to subscribe and if you could leave a review or share with other mothers and mothers to be that you know well i'd be eternally grateful you can join me as well on my online platform at www.formodernmothers.com where you'll find show notes and lots more goodness and resources all about thriving and making your own unique path as a mother in the modern world as well as details of all my programs online courses 
my classes and coaching packages too. And do follow me over on Instagram too, at Four Modern Mothers, or on Facebook and be part of my social community. I'd love to connect with you there. Take care, amazing woman.